welcome to the Hell Project podcast. This is where I share all of the results of the research and reading that I've done on the doctrine of hell over the last few years. Uh, I defend the view that uh, without Jesus, we are all dead. Uh, This is the view called conditionalism, and I believe there's better news in it than the traditional understanding of hell. And I try to defend that here. The audio quality may not be that high as it's taken off my YouTube channel, and unfortunately some of the streams do have technical glitches, but I hope that you stick with it and uh, do let me know what you think. Share, uh, get involved through Twitter, or even comment on my YouTube channel. I look forward to hearing back from you. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the second video of The Hell Project. This is where I will be discussing all things regarding hell. Now that might sound a little bit negative, a little bit down, but I found in studying the subject, I found more about who Jesus is, more about why Christianity is good news, uh, and I'm looking to share that on this project. I've been studying for a couple of years, and basically these videos are the result of that study. I'm still reading, I'm still digging, into uh, the various views within Christianity, uh, I'm still learning. So feel free to comment, feel free to get involved, feel free to follow along. In this video, we're gonna be looking at what the traditional view of hell is. I'm gonna start there in terms of clarifying uh, what I mean by eternal conscious torment and what the traditional view is, so that in future videos, if you're wondering about terminology, this is the video to come to. We're gonna be looking at what the Bible says Uh, and how that's used to defend the traditional view, which I'll label ECT or traditionalist view. They all mean the view that I'm gonna talk about in this video. So the traditional view is all about uh, the non-believer, the person that doesn't trust in Jesus for their salvation, will be resurrected, we will then be judged, and after judgment, the non-believer will go to hell, the believer will go to eternal life. And there's a few Bible passages that uh, particularly defend this traditional view. Uh, And this traditional view says the unbeliever will experience and endure eternal torment uh, ongoing. There is no end. And so there are a couple subversions of this view. And now I can't defend those positions in 10 minutes. But I just want to sort of broadly expand on the two extremes. Now, on one extreme, you might recognize the name Jonathan Edwards. He did quite a fiery preach uh, regarding hell. It's quite famous, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. He's talked a lot about hell, generally comes up in uh, hell discussions. And that's very much a literal fire that will burn, that will be painful, uh, that is something to fear, and it's something to generally be scared of. And, and it's not pleasant. It's uh, horrific, the descriptions of hell and what the unbeliever will face. Now, there's a potentially slightly softer side to eternal conscious torment. And this is uh, defended by people like C.S. Lewis. It's defended by... Um, Tim Keller as well has a, a form of this, and this is more like a separation view, that over time your will 
as a non-believer becomes more and more against God and you you reject him and you become further and further separated from God. And so that's more like a separation view, uh, which we'll discuss as well to some extent. And I'll highlight one particular verse that's used to defend that view. Uh, and so there's pictures of hell in both camps. Some of them merge a little bit. Some people use both pictures. Um, but it's eternal, and that's that's the main thing, is that it's ongoing. There is no end, and there's no coming back from it. It's a full rejection of God, and it's not going to be pleasant. So that's the main summary. And this video, we're going to look at the biblical defense for that view. We're going to look at six passages from the New Testament, and two passages from the old. There is a connection. The first two verses we're going to look at are right at the end of the Bible, and a lot of what's decided about hell comes from these two passages, and they're Revelation 14:11 and Revelation 20:10. Revelation 14:11. We'll look at the first, a couple of verses before that. Revelation 14:9 says this: A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, "If anyone worships the beast." and its image, and receives its mark on their forehead, or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest, day or night, for those who worship the beast and its image, or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. And so the main emphasis is the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There'll be no rest, day or night, for those who worship the beast and its image. And so then we go into Revelation 20.10. And this says, They marched across the breadth of the earth, uh, sorry, starting in verse 9, and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And so that clarity of terminology, tormented forever and ever, the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. It sounds pretty permanent, it sounds ongoing, sounds like they will experience that for a long time. So that then... If we look at it a little bit though, it does say the beast will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And so we have to link that to another verse that Jesus says in Matthew's gospel uh, to figure out why that's connected to the unbeliever. So let's jump from there straight into Matthew 25 verses 41 to 46. Then he will say to those on his left, this is verse 41, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So this is the connection to Revelation. The eternal fire is prepared for the devil and his angels. But Jesus goes on, For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was ill and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or ill or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away to eternal punishment, 
but the righteous to eternal life. And again, if we think, if we have revelation in mind here and we think about the tormented forever and ever, the eternal punishment is being tormented forever and ever, and that is compared with the eternal life that a believer will have through Jesus in heaven. Jesus' separating of two groups of people, the believer and the unbeliever, wasn't just brand new information. The whole of the Old Testament has a little bit about it, but specifically there's, there's one verse that talks about this separation. That's Daniel 12, 2. So we'll quickly look at that. And it says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Just to be clear, sleeping in the dust is a link back to Genesis, from dust that you came as a human to dust you will return. So it's basically saying they're dead. But those who are dead will rise, so that's the judgment, uh, rise to judgment, and some to everlasting contempt, which again on the face of it sounds like a very long time. And contempt doesn't sound very good. So, hell is bad. We're going to look at a couple other aspects of the Gospels that are linked with this term terminology that's emphasised within the traditional view. That it's everlasting, that it's eternal, that it's forever and ever. And there's torment. And then in Mark 9, it gets a little bit more painful, potentially. And Mark 9, in verse 45, 48, uh, to... 48 says this if your foot causes you to stumble cut it off it is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell if your eye causes you to stumble pluck it out it is better for you to enter the kingdom of god with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where the worm that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched everyone will be salted with fire now, though I disagree with the traditional view, I want to emphasize that I do think it's serious. I think hell is very serious. And I think it's something that we want to preach with clarity and to make sure what we say is actually what the Bible says about hell. But let's move on. Mark 9.48 is linked directly to an Old Testament passage, which is Isaiah 66.24. So let's look at what that says. Verse 24, and they, the righteous, will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. Now that's God. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched and they will be loathsome to all mankind. Though Isaiah does talk about dead bodies, the traditional view would say that there's progressive revelation. That as the Bible carries on, Jesus and then revelation expand on what the Old Testament says about judgment and the result of that judgment or the punishment. And so Jesus said punishment is eternal and Revelation says the torment will go forever and ever and that's in the eternal fire. So there must be some form of ongoing torment despite Isaiah 66, 24 saying dead bodies. So that is the traditional view of hell. Now moving Back into the Gospels, let's look briefly at Luke 16. Now Luke 16 is filled with parables, stories of uh, that have a point. Jesus talks a lot in parables. And the parable of Lazarus, a poor man and the rich man who has no name, is one example of a parable. Now there are some 
who hold to the traditional view that would argue that this is a factual story simply because Jesus uses a name. Now we're going to have a whole collection of videos probably on Luke 16. Whether it's a parable or true story, we'll discuss that in future. But for now, this is used to back up the traditional view of hell. Even by the most reserved commentators, uh, they will say it's a parable, but it still points to what happens in the afterlife. We'll look at that in more detail, but these are the two verses that are used. Luke 16, 23 says, In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he, the rich man, called to him, to Abraham, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. So the rich man was in torment, agony in fire. There must be a special type of fire that is hot, that hurts, but doesn't consume. And maybe that's what unquenchable and eternal fire mean. So that is used to back up the traditional view of hell. Now, as I said earlier, there are two sort of contrasting views within the eternal conscious torment view. One is the separation view, and one is this pain, torment, fire view. Now, the to back up the separation view, uh, one verse is often used particularly, and that's 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 9, and it reads like this. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And so the emphasis there would be shut out from. And there are other images used throughout the Bible about being darkness, being outside the kingdom. And these are generally emphasized, especially by those who love C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce, that those who are in hell do so because they have rejected God. They've used their will to continue to reject God and any time they've come up to an option to repent, they have chosen to go against God. So anyone in hell has chosen to be there. Uh, but Paul uses everlasting destruction, which again corresponds with eternal torment, smoke rising forever and ever, everlasting contempt from Daniel. All these pictures build up a picture of hell, which is where there's pain, where there's weeping, where there's gnashing of teeth, and just downright horrific. So that might end up leaving people thinking, well, how can a loving, good God put his creation, which he loves that are made in the image of God into some chamber where there is eternal torment and smoke rising. How does that glorify him? How does that show his character to be good? These are excellent questions and need to be asked and need to be answered. And in the next video, I will show the traditional responses to these arguments. Now, as I come to the end, I want to be presenting the eternal uh, conscious torment view in as strong a light as possible. I do not want to be uh, disagreeing with a straw man. So if you hold this view and I've misrepresented you, please put it in the comments. I want to strengthen the argument on your side. I want to hear the best arguments. Uh, I don't want to be disagreeing with something I've made up. So thank you for watching. Just to be clear, the view that I hold and the view that I'll defend is that without Jesus, we're all dead.
My name is Phil Duncalf and this is The Help Project. See you soon. Thank you for listening and I want to know what you think. Do get in touch. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, you can do that through uh, Twitter or my YouTube channel. But I also have the scripts and free resources and other studies that I'm continuing to engage with at uh, thehelpproject.online. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support the channel and uh, the show in any way, please do go into the description of this episode and you can find a PayPal link. Otherwise, I do this all for free and I hope you found it helpful. God bless you. See you later.